Africa. We want to recognize them in the absence. We also want to recognize our Reverend Chandler. We thank God for bringing you back. Amen. Amen. And to all of you who are here this morning, we thank God for you. We thank God for the young people who led us in worship. Let's give them a hand of praise. For the musicians who played for us, let's give them a hand of praise. Yes. Yes. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. But I want to draw your attention very quickly to the, sec, to the book of 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 5. I want to read um, just verses 8 through verses 15. Our focus will be on verse 10. So we ask that you please stand to your feet, if you can, in honor of God's word. 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 8 to 15. If you find it, say amen. amen. If you're still looking for it, say you're looking for it. It's in the Old Testament. All right. It reads, I'm reading from the Eugene Peterson Message Bible. Elisha, the man of God, heard what happened, or what had happened, that the king of Israel was so distressed that he ripped his robe to shreds. He sent a word to the king, why are you so upset, ripping your robe like this? Send him to me, and he will learn that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman, with his horses and chariots, arrived in style and stopped at Elisha's door. Elisha sent out a servant to meet him with this message. Go to the river Jordan and immerse yourself seven times. Your skin will be healed and you will be as good as new. Naaman lost his temper. He turned on his heel saying, I thought he would personally come out and meet me. Call on the name of his, of his God. Wave his hand over my the disease spots and get rid of the disease. The Damascus rivers Abana and Pfeiffer are cleaner by far than any of the rivers in Israel. Why not bathe in them? At least I'll get clean. He stomped off mad as a hornet. <laughs> but his servants caught up with him and said, Father, if the prophet had asked you to do something hard and heroic, wouldn't you have done it? So why not this simple wash and be clean? So he did. He went down and immersed himself in the Jordan River seven times, following the orders of the holy man. His skin was healed. It was like the skin of a little baby. He was as good as new. He then went back to the holy man. He and his entourage stood before him and said, I now know beyond a shadow of a doubt 
that there is no God anywhere on earth other than the God of Israel. In gratitude, he gave him a gift. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray to God that you will hide us in your cross. We pray, God, that the hour has come and now it is that you will be glorified. We say remove us from the way, O oh God, that your word will go forth this morning, that somebody's life will be changed, somebody will be encouraged, somebody will be instructed, somebody will be confronted. We pray now that the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O oh God, our strength and our redeemer, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may have your seat. You may have your seat. Very briefly, we want to talk on the subject, miracle in an unusual place. Miracle in an unusual place. Have you ever experienced a miracle from God in a place that you did not think it would happen? Well, listen to what a miracle is. A miracle is, by definition, something surprising and welcoming that is not explained by the natural laws, but it is through the divine intervention that it happened. In other words, a miracle suspends the natural laws. In a miracle, God operates by himself. The Bible is filled with a lot of examples of miracles in unusual places. You remember in John chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, when Jesus encountered this blind man, he spit on the ground with his saliva and rubbed it on his eyes and told him to go and wash. Miracle in an unusual place. Well, you remember the story as found in John chapter 11 with Lazarus. The Bible said Lazarus was there for three days. They sent a word to Jesus requesting him to come while he was sick, but Jesus delayed three days later. But yet, when Jesus showed up, he brought Lazarus forth from the dead. I'm talking about miracle in an unusual place. I could go on and on and on and on today about great examples of miracles throughout the Bible. But today I want to focus our attention on a miracle that happened in the Old Testament time. You remember Elisha? Elisha was a student of the prophet Elisha. Elijah was taken into heaven on a chariot. Just before Elijah could be taken into heaven, he asked his student, Elijah, what is it that you want me to do for you? Elijah said, I want double portion of your blessings. How many of us want double portion of God's anointing? You see, it's always good to have double portion of God's anointing, but the question is, can you handle it? Can you handle double portion of God's anointing? You got to be careful what you ask for. Our story opens up with Naaman, who could be referred to in our day as the chairman of the John Chiefs of Staff. He was a man, one of the most powerful men 
of most powerful military leaders in that region. And Naaman was a candidate for who's who's in the world today. He was a man of great status. The Bible says that he was a commander of the Syrian army. In other words, Naaman worked for King Aram of Syria. He was a great man in the, ma in the, in, in the sight of his master. Naaman was a brave warrior and highly regarded because through him, the Bible says, that the Lord gave victory to King Ahab. Naaman had power, position, and prestige. He was very successful. He was a winner. He was a hero, well-respected, wealthy, admired, and victorious in battle. That's who Naaman were. But he was afflicted by a disease called leprosy. Do you notice the contrast in the story? In Naaman's journey, Naaman, the commander-in-chief, found a direction through a captive servant. The, 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 the story tells us that when, during one of Naaman's raids, he captured a little girl who was a servant to his wife. When the little girl recognized that Naaman was suffering with leprosy, she suggested to Naaman that there is, I know of a prophet who is back in Israel. When, the, when my master gets to that prophet, something is going to happen. When was the last time you were desperate for something to happen in your life? When was the last time? Sometimes we need people in our lives who can look past all our proudness and see our hurt. This servant girl was taken captive by Naaman. She saw the pain and the hurt of her master. She was not intimidated by his position. She was not intimidated by his status. She was not intimidated by his prestige. She moved past all of those, and saw her master pain. She knew someone who was a pain reliever. She told Naaman where to go and find help. We need humble people in our lives who can look past us, our positions, our titles, our bank accounts, our cars, our houses, and see our loneliness, and see our needs and our hurt. This was exactly what this little girl did for Naaman. You see, we have a God who looks beyond all of our foolishness and gets to our needs. We have a God who looks beyond everything we've done and, and see us in our pain and meet us right at our needs. We need people in our lives who would touch us at the point of our needs. We need people who will call our problem like they see them and not, and not sugarcoat the problem for us. Are you tired of people sugarcoating your problem rather than calling the problem what it is? We need people who can see our blind spots that we cannot see. 
We need people in our lives who loved us enough to not let us make stupid mistakes. We need people in our lives who can speak the truth in love, who can walk through with us during our pain. This was exactly what this little girl did for Naaman. She looked beyond his position, his status, his power, and got to his pain. She told him about a prophet back in her hometown that could cure him of his disease. Sometimes God has a way of getting our attention. Sometimes he does. So the Bible said Naaman goes to his master, King Aram, and tells him that this little girl knew somebody that can heal him back in Israel. So the king gives Naaman a letter to give to the other king when he gets there. So the Bible says when Naaman gave the letter to the king of Israel, he rented his garment, he tore it off because the letter said, I need you to heal my servant. And so the king decided that he would rip off his garment because he thought the other king was starting a war with him. He forgot to know that there was a prophet in the land who knew God. Naaman arrives at the doorsteps of Elisha. In his mind, he had his own picture of what the man of God ought to do. Like some of us, we have our own picture of what the pastor ought to be doing. So Naaman gets to Elisha's house. Elisha doesn't come out. Elisha sends a message to him to go down to Jordan River to wash. You see, I, I can understand why Naaman did not get the message. He's a general. And in the military, he's used to giving orders. So he ought to be used to taking orders. So the Bible says when the order was given to him, he lost his temper. Because he had in his mind what the man of God ought to be doing. He had in his mind what his blessing ought to look like. Does this sound familiar to you? We want God to bless us, but we want to design in our minds how we want it to happen. Oh, I want, to, I want the Lord to bless me with a house, but I want a house with five bedrooms. I want it on the south side of the city. I want it on this side. We tell God how to bless us. We tell God how to bless us. So Naaman had in his mind how he wanted God to perform the healing. But he failed to realize that God had a different way or a different plan for him. Let me share three points with you and I'll take my seat. So in verse 10, in verse 10, in verse 10, the Bible says in verse 10, let me read it again for you. Elisha sent out a message, sent out a servant to meet him with this message. Go to 
to the Jordan River and immerse yourself seven times. Now we're talking about miracle happening in an unusual place. The Jordan River, I can't imagine miracle happening in the Jordan River because the Jordan River is so dirty. But that's how we limit God. Naaman had in his mind what his miracle should look like. I want it to happen this way. You see, my first point is miracle can happen anywhere. Anywhere. You see, he had in his mind that the man of God would come out and, 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 and call upon the name of his God and wave his hand over his disease and the disease will automatically disappear. But he did not factor into his whole plan what the, what the plan of God was for his life. So the Bible said Elisha sent a message to him. He said, go, go to the Jordan River and wash seven times. Uh, Naaman's instruction was very simple. Go and wash in the Jordan. And because the Jordan was a dirty river, Naaman did not envision himself dipping into that river seven times. You see, the prophet told Naaman what to do as it related to his healing. It seems to me like Naaman would have gotten the message because he was a general who used to give in orders, and therefore he should have no problem with simple orders. A lot of time we expect God to work miracle only in places of worship. The Bible tells me that my God is omnipresence. That means he's present everywhere. He's not limited by time. He's not limited by location. He's not limited by what he does. He transcends location and time. That's the God I serve. I serve a God who is bigger than my problem. I serve a God who is bigger than where I'm coming from. I serve a God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I can ask or ever imagine. That's the kind of God I serve. God doesn't care whether you are in the church or whether you are out of the church. God can perform miracle in your life wherever you are. In fact, he woke you up this morning. That's a miracle he's performed. He didn't have to do it, but he did. That's a miracle he's performed. He brought you a mighty long way through the danger toss and snares. You've made it because of his grace. That's a miracle. You did not make it because of your education, your position, or your status. You made it because the grace of God has allowed you to make it. That's a miracle. A miracle when people, when people said things about you and, and, and you wanted to react, but yet the Lord kept your tongues. That's a miracle. Not only does God or does miracle happen in an unusual place or happens anywhere else, but miracle can only happen when you stop boxing God in. A lot of time we box God in. Like Naaman did. Naaman said in his, in, in his mind, listen to what he said. He said, I thought that the, the prophet would come up personally to meet me. So the first thing he had a problem with Elisha sending a messenger to tell him what to do. Now Naaman understood that his, his, his words have power because he's a general. He can give an order and the order will be executed. So why, why did he have problem with 
Elisha telling him, through the messenger, go wash seven times. So he said in his mind, I told this guy, will come out and see me personally and wave his hand over my, my disease, call on the name of his God, and everything will be okay. You see, we like to box God in. Some of us think God can only operate in the church. But I got good news for you. He's a God who has no respect of person. He can operate in the church, and he can operate out of the church. In fact, if you look at the ministry of Jesus, most of it happened outside of the temple. Most of it happened on the street, on the boat, on the water, different places rather than the church. That's the God we serve. We ought to stop boxing God in. We ought to start telling God how we want our blessings to come. We ought to start telling God how we, we want him to bless us, how he, we want him to heal our body. You may not know God has already designed a way to heal you, but instead you, you, you are focused on one way. Stop boxing God in. Like Naaman, Naaman said, I thought this guy would come out and he will meet me and he will lay his hands on me and then uh, I'll automatically recover. But yet, Elisha said, through the the messenger, go wash in Jordan. Miracle in an unusual place. In fact, in fact, Naaman had a different idea of how his blessing ought to be. He, he now tells himself that God ought to bless him in a special way. Like some of us do, we want our blessing wrapped up nicely, nice, neatly. But when God is saying to you, I have called you to go onto the highways and the byways, that's where your blessing is. I've called you to evangelize, that's where your blessing is. I've called you to go up and make disciples, that's where your blessing is. You see, not only does miracle happen anywhere, not only will miracle happen when we stop boxing God in, but miracle will happen when we humble ourselves. When we humble ourselves. When we humble ourselves. Uh, we got to learn to humble ourselves. You see, you see, Naaman taught because the Jordan River was so dirty that and he was a man of great status. What, what, what am I going to go do to the joy? Listen to what he says. He said, I, I, I not, the rivers in, in, in Damascus, Abana, and Pfeiffer clean up far than the river of any river in, in Israel. You see, that prideful spirit, that prideful spirit. Many of us have that prideful spirit. You see, God is not going to bless you when, you're, when you are so proud. The Bible tells us that we ought to humble ourselves before the Lord. And guess what? He will lift you up. You see, when we learn to humble ourselves, then the Lord will begin to open up windows of heaven and pour out blessings. But we got to learn how to humble ourselves. A lot of us walk around here think we have the chips on our shoulders. But remember, 
God is looking for people who are humble. You see, Naaman thought he was better than the people in Israel. And so when the prophet told him to go and wash seven times, he had a problem. He had a problem. Sometimes we have a problem when people give us simple instruction to do things. Oh, don't you know that I'm deacon so-so-so? Why are you telling me to do that? Don't you know that I'm pastor so-so-and-so? But the Bible tells us that if you want to be great, you must be the servant of all. You see, God is not looking for people who are proud. For the Bible says Jesus being God taught it robbery, but he, he humbled himself and began to serve on even unto death, the death on the cross. That's why Jesus demonstrated what it means to be a leader. He washed his disciples' feet. He taught them what humility looks like. But a lot of times we want to be buses and and, and, and in control, but we don't want to be servants. We don't want to be servants. We don't want to be servants. You see, God had to teach this powerful soldier a lesson of humility. James 4 and 10 says, Humble yourselves in the presence of God, and he will exalt thee. God gave grace to, to, to those that humble themselves. Sometimes God wants to 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 to, to Wants, wants us to learn how to be humble before he can bless us. That's why your situation has not changed. That's why you stay at the same place you are. That's why you stay going through what you're going through because you have not learned to humble yourself. Once you learn to humble yourself, God will begin to change your circumstances around. Once you learn to humble yourself, things will become to fall in place. You see, God has a way of getting our attention. And so he got the attention of Naaman. The Bible said Naaman lost his temper. You know, I, I, can, I, can, I can hear Naaman through, through the Holy Spirit. Who, who does this prophet think he is? Don't you know who I am? I am the five-star general of Syria. I could, I could call my men and we can tear down this place in two seconds. Who does he think he is to send me to the dirty river Jordan? But in the end, he learned humility. You see that the the uh, the, the servant, the Bible says, this, the servant of Naaman caught up with him and asked him simple question. You see, the servant had. To raise his own position, his own title, to ask this general a question. Says, says, says my, my, my master, if this man had told you, bring or do something great, would you have done it? If he had told you, bring all your riches to me, you have brought it because you want health. But he told you just the simple thing in life. Go wash in the Jordan seven times. You see, God is saying to someone here today, I want to bless you, but you have to let go of that spirit of pride. You know, the reason why some of us can't receive our blessing is we stuck in the prideful spirit. 
We walk around thinking that we have a chip on our shoulder. Being proud will keep you from experiencing what God has in store for you. God is saying to someone that your blessing may not be in the church. It may be in an unusual place. A place that you would never have dreamed that God will bless you. I start by to, to encourage you to, 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 to know that weeping may endure for one night. But the Bible says joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. I start by to let you know that God has a plan for you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you. They are plans of prosperity. God has a plan for you. But you have to let go of that spirit of pride and confusion and backbiting and jealousy and a spirit of envy. God is saying to you, I want to bless you, but you got to let go of whatever that you have that is going on, that is keeping you from living the full life. God is saying to you, I want to move you higher and higher, but you have to let go of your, your prideful spirit. You have to let go of whatever that is keeping you from making progress. What is it that is keeping you from making progress in your life? What is it that is keeping you from experiencing God's full blessing in your life? I want you to take a minute, look over your life, and see what is it that, that is keeping you stuck where you are from making the changes that God has already instructed you to make in your life. What is it that is keeping you from walking in the fullness of life and the newness of life. What is it that is holding you back from experiencing all that God has called you to experience? I pray today that you will let go of that thing that is keeping you from experiencing all that God has for you. If anything that's standing in the way of you and God, that thing is closer to God than you are. So you have to let go of that thing so that you can get closer to God. I pray that the Holy Spirit will move the scales from your eyes to see that God has a blessing in an unusual place for you. Let us stand to our feet. Father, we thank you for your word that has gone forth. We pray to God that you will give us a receptive heart. That we may not only be hearers, God, but that we may be doers. That our lives will be the only Bible that others will see and will give you glory. We thank you, God, because you said in your word that your word will never return to you void, Unless it accomplishes that which it was sent to do. We thank you, God. Make us humble, God. Take away every prideful spirit, every spirit of confusion.